Whiskey Business is brought to you by the law offices of Saya and Pyatt and by Marcus Crosswoods Theater. I will be the first to admit it. I'm not good with my money. I do good things with my money. I've helped family, I've helped friends. I've always been quick to pick up a tab or at the very least buy a round for everybody. But I've never been great at making my money grow. I've never been a shrewd investor, never got in on the ground floor of a company like Apple, maybe because I'm not crazy about apples. I like bananas. Maybe if Apple would have been called banana, things would be different today and I'd be a very rich man. I'm not a capitalist, or at least I'm not a very good one. I'm not a wealthy person who uses money to invest in trade and industry for profit. I traded comic books and baseball cards as a kid. And that's about as far as I got. Maybe if capitalism worked on a simple need it, got it, got it, need it, need it basis, things would be dramatically different. Welcome to Whiskey Business, a podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Recording live tonight at Brew Brothers. Yeah! I am your host, Dino Tripotis, along with my producer extraordinaire, Greg Hansberry. Hello, Mr. Hansberry, and welcome back. We Thank had a two-week, a little two-week hiatus, a little vacation. A little, little summer vacay. You went, on, you went to St. Louis? Yeah, you know, the, uh, it, it, it wasn't quite Disney World, but... Uh. Disney World is not St. Louis, and St. Louis is not Disney World. Well, it was a family reunion. So we had a lot of fun, but there was about eight kids running around. I, I, it was not relaxing at all. I have one question for you. While right. you were gone, okay, and we missed, we we were off for about two weeks, right? Did you partake in any whiskey in in your two week absence? I didn't get any in St. Louis. I had some at home, my personal reserve stash. Okay, but uh, because you I, know I, you've been spoiled. There were tonight, tonight our right. guest bottle tonight, and we'll get to our guest in just a second. As you know, the guest bottle is always first. Our guest bottle is a Patty Irish Whiskey, which I mistakenly called Patty's because as There's my no guest, S. who I'll introduce here in just a moment, said Americans have a tendency to put an <laughs> S on everything, and he's right. That's right. But, but it's Patty Irish Whiskey, uh, an 80, 80 proof Irish Whiskey, triple distilled, which we'll get to in just okay. a little bit. Yeah, but, Did you drink a good whiskey but, while you were gone? Uh, well, yeah, from my reserve, I had some Buffalo Trace. Nice. But, but we were in the, uh, the land of Augusta Bush. Or whatever his name is. I, I had a bunch of Budweiser, Budweiser. while I was in St. Louis. Yeah, and it the, hit the spot. It was actually that. really good. Well, it's good to have you back. Thank and it's you. good to be back. Good to be back at Brew Brothers, yeah! everybody! Yes! Who are fine where uh, the brewers Where the here. people are eating burgers and chicken strips before they go out to gamble and play the slots. Our guest bottle, I mentioned, is Patty Irish Whiskey. Our guest is an Irishman as well. Please welcome Barry Chandler, everybody. This is Barry Chandler. Barry Chandler is one of the co-founders of a company called Story Forge, which we'll get here and just get into in just a little bit. Also, uh, part of a group called Conscious Capitalism, which you'll explain to me here in just a moment as well. But more importantly, for my purposes this evening, 
an Irish drinker of Irish whiskey and all whiskeys, a world traveler, a man about town, and somebody who has a lot of stories to tell before it's all said and done. Welcome to Whiskey Business, my friend. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. No, a pleasure, a pleasure. And, and I told you that in honor of your uh, appearance tonight, we would go with some, some patty Irish whiskey, 80, 80 proof, a blended, triple distilled Irish whiskey, which you That's seem right. to know a lot about. It's a beautiful bottle. No finer a bottle could you have given us tonight. Uh, yeah, Paddy Irish Whiskey is from Cork in the south coast of Ireland, where I'm from. Um, I'm glad you took the top off there. I presume you're going to pour it for us. Oh, we're definitely, we drink what we, what we talk about here. Yeah, so Paddy, it's a lovely uh, You know drop. what? Pour your own. I don't want to insult you. <laughs> pour a, your own. I mean, it's a good start. Pour your own. Pour your own. Don't want to insult the go. Irishman when I'm pouring pour the it? Irish whiskey. Uh, pour mine as well. How, you tell me when. No, no, that's good. That's All good. Right. <laughs> it's, it's not a glass of milk, for God's sake. <laughs> the, 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 Irish milk. You got your Irish uh, milk. Like milk. Go ahead. And Hansberry as well. Um, yeah, from Cork. You said you're from Cork. I'm from Cork. The whiskey's from Cork. All good things come from Cork. It's I've only been to Cork. I've been to Cork once. Have you been to Cork? Life. Yeah. When were you at Cork? Uh, we, uh, my sister lived in Dublin, and we went out to visit some friends that lived in Cork. And we ate uh, toast and jam, and we uh, played hurling. That is a real and Irish pastime. Good. What, what is hurling? Hurling is. A, I know. Wait. I know what the American the, version uh, of hurling is. Uh, <laughs> 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 What's the Irish version? <laughs> Think of field hockey, but add about fifty miles an hour and less. Protection, and that's a, it's the fastest field sport on earth. Hurling, believe it or not, it sounds in, brutal. Indigenous to Ireland, lots of injuries. It's played by real men and women. There you go. Yeah. Women play it as well. Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. Those got to be some tough women. Yeah, yeah. And then you drink. We drink before and after. You, got, you know, you said it was tough. You got to drink <laughs> the pain away. You know, there's there's always the myth and mythology of the Irish drinker, the true Irishman, the Irish drinker. Yeah. Is it myth and mythology, or do you think it's, it's, it's got to be based in truth on some level? Look, there's, there's a lot of confusion about how much Irish people drink. The reality is we only drink twice a week, once for four days and once for three days, and that's it. <laughs> and that's the end of it. Well, cheers, my friend. Cheers. And welcome. Sláinte. Welcome to Whiskey Business and the Patty Irish Whiskey. Well, first of all, let's talk about what you do in my little soliloquy there I, I talked about money and capitalism and you're part of a group called conscious capitalism and you're part of a, an organization located here in town yes that's called story forge what does story forge do so we're a strategy company we help businesses stand out uh, we help businesses connect with customers and employees we help businesses tell their story in a more meaningful way so they can get attention so they can have an impact so they can improve their bottom line so you would ideally go into a company before they even decided to do a single thing? Would you get them on? Would you, is it important? Are you best, do you best serve this company going in on a ground level and like, here, talk to us before you even start? Yeah, ideally, we need to know where we're going as a company in order to know who to hire, what products or services to offer, what our marketing should look like. So we help businesses figure out what that vision looks like, what their purpose, their mission, their values look like, what their story is so they can make better decisions about every single aspect of their business. So it'll inform their marketing, their hiring, their sales, et cetera. And, and could you bring that same philosophy into a business that's already established? Absolutely. So most of our clients are in business. They've reached a ceiling of growth of some sort or they're having trouble uh, differentiating themselves, standing out, attracting customers. So we help them figure out what truly matters to the people they're trying to target and then how to build their business around what people really need, not just build something for the sake of it or sell something because you can. 
Now, I had a friend of mine who was actually at one of your presentations here this week, and he said, and I quote, because he hates going to presentations that his company says, we want you to go to this presentation. He said that he was enthralled, that he was inspired, that he learned so much from you, my friend. He said, he said part of it was your personality. So tell me, do you, do you consider yourself to be a, a gregarious type of person? That's the word he used. Gregarious. Very, very gregarious. I, I think when you strip the accent away, there's very little left behind it, unfortunately. But <laughs> the I accent's try my best. very charming. You got to admit, the accent's very charming. Has, has, has the accent gotten you, you know... It has uh, got into, me... Into got, trouble, out of trouble? Got me out of many a jam that I, sh- I shouldn't have gotten out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But the he charm of the Irish accent. His wife is here, by My the way. My wife is right here in front of us. Yeah, I understand you're recently married. Is that recently true? Recently married. That's Congratulations. right. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Congratulations. That's wonderful. How'd you meet her? At an Irish whiskey tasting. <laughs> <laughs> well done, both of you. And see, my mother always said, nothing good will come of your drinking. Apparently, it's see, false. I should tell her that, uh, you know. True love. Ma, I know a guy that got married. They don't remember result. meeting. As a result of drinking. So what is conscious capitalism? Okay, so... This one confuses me. Okay, so most... We believe business is broken. Businesses are broken. They are... As businesses grow and become multinational companies, greed takes over. Yes. Uh, people get taken advantage of. Employees yes. get taken advantage of. Yes. It's all about uh, lining the pockets of the CEO. Yes. And we don't like that. No, we and don't. So we have come together to approach business in a different way. Now, we think that capitalism is actually a good thing, but it's got a bad rap because of crony capitalism. So think about capitalism. All capitalism is, if you define it, is um, the exchange of goods, a voluntary exchange of goods. That's all it is. You have something I want to buy. I can afford it. Will you sell it to me? That's capitalism. Now, when your business grows or corporations grow, it gets a little bit more clouded. It gets a little bit more muddy. It gets a little bit more dirty sometimes. And so we think there's a different way. We think there's a way for business to operate that isn't so greedy or cutthroat and that doesn't take advantage of the stakeholders, but instead take, uh, considers who it serves and meets their needs before meeting the needs of the bottom line. So the whole, and I go back, I hearken back to one of my favorite movies, Wall Street, Greed is Good. Greed has is, no place in conscious capitalism. It does not. I, I, can, I can't name... You can actually make money being a nice guy. Is can that you, what you're telling me? Can you believe me? that? You can. No. You absolutely can. No, I mean, I don't know. I'm a nice guy. I don't make money. <laughs> <There are, laughs> but you've got great whiskey. So. I got, uh, okay, once again, yes, we have great whiskey. By the way, this is our 59th whiskey. I meant to tell you that, Hansberry, it has significance, because how old am I? You're 59. I'm this 59. Is amazing. This, is, this is my 59th whiskey. Amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, you know, I, I guess I mentioned in the little opening that I've never been very good with my money. I've never been yeah. very good with investments. I don't know the first thing about, well, we'll, we'll take, this, take this little podcast here. Yeah. If I wanted to make it bigger and, yeah. and, and better, are there steps through StoryForge and through conscious capitalism that could... Could make that happen? Yeah, look, uh, no matter, no matter what size your business is, 
every business in the world is trying to stand out, aren't they? They're trying to get attention. They're trying to get the attention of investors, of customers, of potential employees, community members. That's all most businesses are trying to do is to get attention. So and there is literally thousands and thousands and thousands of podcasts out there right, right now. And there's and we are we spend more time in front of screens than we've ever done before. So what's happening when we're in front of screens? We're getting bombarded with advertising, with marketing messages. So how do you stand out when we're being fed, force-fed daily helpings of advertising and you're still trying to grow your podcast, but maybe nobody knows you exist. Maybe nobody can cut through that clutter to find you because everybody else is screaming so loud and you're over here being a nice guy, drinking whiskey, trying to educate people on different topics, but you're not cutting through the clutter. And so what we're all the time looking to find out is what matters to the people that we're targeting? What, what is it that actually is meaningful to them? Not just who can we sell something to, because that's, I mean, you can sell something to anybody once, but right. we're looking to build longer-term relationships. We're looking to create a connection with somebody. And so we're looking to find out how can you be more meaningful? How can you help people achieve something or solve a problem or appeal to um, a belief they have? Do they share beliefs with you? Uh, do they believe in your vision? Do they believe in whiskey? What do they believe about this? How can they connect with you deeper? Because, uh, you know, when we started this podcast, you know, there's there's some other things out there. Uh, the whiskey business is a, is a fun little play on words, and I've seen it in on T-shirts, and I've, there's, a, there's actually other uh, podcasts called Whiskey Business. So, obviously, the name isn't trademarked, but... I didn't want it to be just about whiskey. Right. Like I said, it's a podcast not so much about whiskey as right. it is one with whiskey. The whiskey is just a vehicle to talk to people like yourself. Yep. And then the topics range from A to Z. So that was how I thought we would yep. we would stick out a little bit because there's tons so of you, podcasts yep. where people are just sampling whiskeys and Absolutely. talking about the whiskeys in, in length, in depth. We don't do that. We give you a little bit of information that if you're curious about it, you're a little bit more knowledgeable when you go in to get the whiskey. But it's basically about this, what we're doing right now. Right. So the, the harsh reality that as business owners we have to face sometimes is that nobody cares about our business. They don't. <laughs> nobody cares. They don't care about what you do. They don't care about what I do. What they care about is what happens after they buy from us, after they engage with us. What is it they're coming here for? So I would imagine if I talk to your listeners, I talk to your guests, we would find some common threads amongst all those conversations that keep people coming back again and again. And that's what I would advertise and that's what I would market. Not the fact that we've got a podcast. I mean, a podcast is just a channel, isn't it? It's a delivery yeah, mechanism basically, for yeah. sharing something else. So Common what is the threads. something else? Got it, okay. Are you making notes? Yeah, I'm making yeah, notes. Here we go. Are you making notes? You're just looking for some free consulting. That's why yeah, I'm out here, yeah. right? Okay, got it. Okay. <laughs> Could you look at some of our fourth quarter numbers <laughs> while we're here? <laughs> I happen to bring all of our, detail, our data from the last two years. If people want to find out about StoryForge, where, where, where would they go? They, they can go to, to storyforge.co. I'd love to send them to .com, but some man is sitting on that domain and wants an awful lot of money for it. Really? Yeah. $20,000. He's sitting on storyforge.com. Yeah. So don't not, go there. And he's not doing anything with it. <laughs> no. He's waiting for me to break and to crumble in, uh, and, and capitulate to his offer. That's an which expensive I won't do. M. Very expensive. <laughs> I love the word capitulate. He's, he's playing the long game. Uh, and, uh, it'll be a long uh, game. It'll be a long <laughs> game, even longer. So before you got involved in any of this, what'd you do? I'm, I'm a hotel manager. You were a hotel... Are? Still? I trained, I trained as a hotel manager in Ireland in the 1990s. I spent four years traveling the world on cruise ships, responsible for buying all of their food and drink. 
uh, from South America to Asia to North America to Africa, Mediterranean. I went around the world on four different ships buying all the food and drink that the guests would consume on the ships. So you have, you have eaten and drank well. I've eaten and my way, drank my way around the world. Yeah. But still the best drink is right here on Whiskey Business. Can you believe that? Yeah, I could, uh, it's, it's, uh, I, this is the third largest selling whiskey. That is the, you're right, in, yeah. the, in the world. Yeah. And that's, so Paddy is the whiskey we keep to ourselves in Ireland. So if you go to Ireland, that is one of the best-selling whiskeys in Ireland and the third best-selling Irish whiskey in the world. Well, this, it's, this only came to the States in 2012, I believe. So it hasn't, been, right. around, it hasn't no. been around that long. Well, we, were, we weren't sure if we wanted to give it to you. But eventually we started <laughs> shipping it over here. And the price is right. That is the best value whiskey f you will find from Ireland. It's cheaper here in Columbus than it is in Cork, in Ireland. It is about $10 cheaper a bottle here because of our taxes. Really? Wow. Customs, excise, duty, yeah. So do you prefer this uh, over, a, say, a pot still whiskey? Yeah, that's a lovely, soft... Uh, it's got very soft, very smooth. So, I mean, that is the smoothest whiskey you'll get, uh, blended whiskey. That's so soft now, you can put that in your cornflakes in the morning and you wouldn't even notice it. Beautiful. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's got a higher... Um, a lot of malt whiskey mm -hmm. in this one. There's mm -hmm. a lot... And I, and, have your, have your senses improved at all since we started this podcast? Can you pick up the hints of vanilla or toffee it is. in there? I can. And you're right. It's, it's just... Um, yeah. It's very soft. You're speechless. It's very soft. <laughs> speechless. Yeah, so speechless. That was the first, very mellow. The first Irish whiskey to ever be bottled. So back in the 1780s, most of the whiskey in Ireland was shipped around the country in casks to taverns and pubs. And what the Cork Distilling Company realized was that the tavern owners were watering down or cutting down the whiskey to sell more, right? But in turn, they were diluting the whiskey, and obviously it's, it's no good when it's diluted. And so Paddy Irish, the Cork Distilling Company realized that if we're to maintain the quality, we're going to have to find a way around this. So they were the first company to bottle the whiskey. And what they did to sell this idea of bottles around the country was they hired a, a salesman, and his job was to go around to the various bars and taverns around Cork and convince the bar owners that bottling was good and to convince the, the customers to drink, to drink uh, cork, what at the time was called Cork Distilling Company Whiskey. Now, mm -hmm. his name was Paddy Flaherty. So, mm. ah, and Paddy. Paddy Flaherty was a great salesman. So Paddy would go around from bar to bar and he'd have a bottle of, of the Cork Distilling Company Whiskey in his hand and he would pour whiskey for everybody and everybody loved, loved Paddy Flaherty and they loved the whiskey. And what would happen is the tavern owners would write letters to the Cork Distilling Company saying, will you ever send us down a couple of bottles of Paddy's whiskey? And the Cork Distilling Company quickly realized that this, their whiskey was becoming synonymous with Paddy Flaherty. So in his honor, in the 1830s, they renamed this to Paddy Irish Whiskey. And to this day, you'll see his signature in the bottom right corner of the label, Paddy Flaherty, a great salesman, a great Irishman, and a great whiskey drinker. There you go. Was he really that good of a salesman, or he just got everybody liquored up that they... Is there a difference? <laughs> <laughs> now, aside from Irish whiskey... Yep. Do you have a... A go-to, a favorite, if if, you, if it wasn't Irish whiskey, say we're say we're sitting in a room full of bourbons. I'd probably leave the room. Uh, really? I'm not a big bourbon drinker. No, I like I, I like bourbon. I go to bourbon, but my preference will always be Irish whiskey. You can you can chalk that up to my heritage, my my pride, my my nativeness. But I I've preferred the smoothness of an Irish whiskey, the triple distillation of a blended Irish whiskey. It is. It does make it smooth. Yeah, I really do enjoy yeah. it. And I do enjoy this. I haven't had a lot of this. This is my, probably my third bottle 
ever. The night is young. Because <laughs> the last time we had, uh, and you actually know the gentleman I'm speaking of, last time we had a, a, an Irishman on the show, Hansberry and I got into a lot of, oh, yeah. a lot of trouble. As we would say, divilment. You got into divilment. Yes. yes. It, it, there was a, there About was 3 a.m., I think, yeah. we ended up. Uh, it happens. <laughs> no, I sent you home. Yeah, yeah, you sent me home before that. You were home at 3 a.m. I got home at 3 a.m. I got home with him at my house at 3 a.m. <laughs> for what he, what he called what he, a nightcap. A nightcap, uh, As yeah. he referred to it. Which is normally followed by one for the road, and then maybe one for the bush, one for the cat, before you know it, the sun is coming up. <laughs> But whoever said that Irish whiskey or whiskey in general doesn't uh, doesn't do good things or doesn't have good outcomes? They were wrong. <laughs> they were wrong. As far as the world, yeah, world traveler, favorite place. It's a. It, I get that. I get asked that question know, a lot. It's a, it's, it's a tough one, and it, 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 it it's all about context. It's about what's the season why am I there am I traveling am I working is it the fall is it the summer you know you could go around the world and then still never find anywhere as beautiful as like New England in the fall I got you it's just incredible so if I'm going to Ireland which I've never been yeah what time of the year should I go so summer happens on a Tuesday in July <laughs> so I would say go in July that one day yeah that one day it's, it's heavily booked you'll find uh, Airbnbs are expensive that day but August and September tend to be the least rainy of all the rainy days. Ireland's very interesting weather-wise. We have what's called horizontal rain. It's rain that just comes at you. It doesn't go around you. It's lazy rain. It goes straight through you. It, goes straight it doesn't take you. the long way around. It just goes straight through you. And it's a unique phenomenon. And it's interesting because in many parts of Europe, they build wooden homes. In Ireland, they can't build wooden homes because the rain comes horizontally and will go up into the wooden slats. It's a very unusual uh, climate, a very unusual phenomenon. So... Um, the best time to visit is August, September. Bring a raincoat, bring a pair of shorts. You'll you'll change everything, you know, three or four times a day. Yeah, you'll three you'll or four go from one day to the other. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Cork is Cork. where you're from. Cork is where I'm from. It's uh, the uh, yeah, the no, second largest city in Ireland. Okay, so I have a romanticized version in my head, like a lot of people do, of yes. what Ireland is like. You know, I I I want to go to a place like I see in one of my favorite movies of all time, The Quiet Man. <laughs> right. I want to go to a small... So you want to go to the 1950s? Yes, I want to go back <laughs> in time, basically, is okay. what I want to do. But am I wrong to think that there's still villages like that that exist? There are. You, you want to go to the west coast, the west coast of Ireland. So Dublin is on the east coast. Our, uh, the west coast has a, a city called Galway. You've got counties called uh, Clare and Limerick. Those, that is old Ireland where you'll find those kind of pubs where there's music playing all night long where people just wander in with, a, with, a, with an instrument and just kick off and the drink is flowing all night long. Let, let me get a second opinion because yeah. I asked Martin this question as well. If the ugly American comes to the small pub in this small little town in Ireland, what, what's, his, what's his, best, his best move once he gets into said pub? Well, what, what's the end goal here? What are we looking to accomplish? I want to... I don't... When it's time to leave, I don't want to leave. Because okay. I know that sometimes they yeah. lock the door. Oh, yeah. And, and there's, still, there's still some drinking going on. I want to be on that, I want to be on that party. Okay, so you're, look, you're talking about the lock-in. Yes. The lock-in is a, it's a, a, an infamous situation where you do get locked into the bar with the bar owner. He'll close the blinds, the curtains. He'll lock the front door. He'll turn off the lights. You'll drink until the sun comes up. You won't pay for a drink. Everybody wants it. Not everybody gets it. 
you can't talk. It's a bit like Fight Club. You can't, you can't acknowledge that it exists. First rule of Fight Club, you know, don't talk about Fight Club. You can't talk about the lock-in. So what you're trying to do is, throughout the night, you're trying to make friends with the bar owner, but not, don't be too friendly. They won't take that too kindly either. So it's this gentle balance of you're, you're, not, you're not being rude, you're not being overly kind, you're not throwing money at him because that'll insult him, you're not tipping him too heavily, you're just being a nice person that might have something interesting to contribute later in the night. Do some of the, the, some of the same advice uh, apply to how you run StoryForge and, and, and also deal with conscious well, capitalism? Business. Because it sounds like Irish if you diplomacy. Apply, if you apply some of those same principles, that you Irish could diplomacy. potentially be successful in your in your business as well. Right. Because well, I always know I always know when a bullsh- when a bullshitter is bullshitting me. Right. Right. I always know when somebody's trying too hard. Right. Well, look, we're just trying. All you want to do is you want to you want to hang out with people who might be interesting, might have a good story to tell, mm-hmm. and you don't want to go. You don't want to be over the top with your enthusiasm. And no, but nor do you want to seem disinterested. So it's uh, you can understand why not everybody can take advantage of this it's lock-in. A balancing it's act. a very it's a balancing. It is a. See, it's a Martin juggling. told me what the lock-in was about, but he yeah. never really gave me the key ingredients that well, might he, be necessary. He was probably warned not to talk about it, but I've, I might have lifted lifted the lid on it too much. <laughs> uh, trust me, I won't remember. <laughs> but I would love to go there. I would love to go. We have there. to go to Cork. Let mm-hmm. me tell you something about Cork. Please do. Cork is the... Um, w- so I come from a small town in, in Cork called Cove, which would be phonetically spelled C-O-V-E, but it's, it's actually spelled C-O-B-H, and Cove was for years known as the saddest town in Ireland. Why? The saddest because town. that was where all the passenger ships left with all the immigrants to go to the New World, to go to America, to go to, New- to, go to Boston and New York, to go to England. And all of the old passenger ships came through Cove. And that was the last time that many family members saw their sons, their daughters, who they'd saved up for many years to buy their passage. In, in 1912, one of the most famous ships that called into Cove was the Titanic. Uh-oh. Last port of call of the Titanic was Cove. The lucky few got off, the unlucky few got on. But for those passengers sailing off the west coast of Ireland, the last sight of land they saw on the Titanic was my hometown. We wow. know that, how that ended. Now, the Titanic was fine when it left Cove. I don't know what happened to it after that. <laughs> we didn't do anything to it. We didn't. But it was fine when it left Cove. We just want to establish that. But for years, it was known as the saddest town in Ireland. Today, it's got a lot of passenger uh, cruise line traffic. So it's got a, a, a lot of tourism, Americans coming to retrace their routes, but Cove and Cork, great cities to come visit. You have to add them to your Irish itinerary. Uh, are your parents still living? They are. Are they live in Ireland or they here? They do, they live in Cork. They live yeah. in Cork. They live in Cork. So you get back often? Yeah, so actually I'm going back next week. Uh, myself and my wife, we go back two, three times a year if we can. Um, my sister lives there, her, her kids, and my mom, my dad. My dad actually, he spent 50 years at sea. So he was at sea as well. I went to sea. In fact, my whole family, the Chandler family. When you say family, your father was at sea. Yeah, he, he was a captain on ships. Of cruise ships? No, or merchant ships. Merchant yeah, ships. Yeah, cargo ships. And so every generation of the Chandler family has gone to sea for the last 300 years. And so I didn't want to break that. So wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. All right. So he did All a right. cruise now, see, ship. That's, no, 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 no. I'm going to call you out here for a second. That sounds very romantic. You know, very, that sounds very literary. Every member of the Chandler family has been at the sea, in the emergency. You were on a cruise ship. Does that count? 
Maybe not in my dad. <laughs> maybe not in my dad's eyes, but he might raise an eyebrow. Yeah, yeah. Unless, unless unless on your father's merchant ship there was shuffleboard. <laughs> to be fair, he was he was lifting containers and coal and grain yeah. on the ships. Yeah, I, I had white gloves on occasionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say. To be fair, yeah, I admit but, that. But if we go with the technically, you're covered. Let's go back to every generation of the Chandler family <laughs> for 300 years has gone to sea. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Where's that paddy? Pass down the paddy. There. <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um, do your parents come to the States at all? No, not, no. My, my dad has decided after 50 years of being at sea and traveling, he is just going to stay in a one square mile radius of his house. I don't blame okay. him. I don't That's blame fine. him at all. Um, and, and my mom doesn't travel very often. So we, we find ourselves going back there more often. And of course, you've got the, you know, growing up in Ireland, you've got the Catholic guilt. You've got to, you've got to go back and see them. And, sure. Yeah. So as, uh, were they, were they, uh, if your dad was at sea all the time, were they yeah. around a lot when you were a child? I mean, were, were they, were, did, was, who, who had the most influence over you? I guess that's my question. I would say my mom probably did. Yeah. My dad was, while he was at sea, he'd come home and sometimes he would take jobs. So we grew up in, because we grew up in a port town, there were jobs available in the port. So for, for a period of about eight or 10 years, he took a job on a ferry that was 500 feet from the door of my house. So he would come home at night and we'd see him and for eight or 10 years while we were growing up. But then he went back to sea once we got into our teenage years. Hmm. Yeah. And you said you have a sister. I have a sister. And just the two of you then? Just the two of us, yep. Well, because your dad was at sea all the time, so, you know. So <laughs> right. Otherwise, there probably would have been more. Perhaps. Yeah. And Some half-sisters uh, he doesn't know, know about. Is, I know this is a bit of a cliche, uh, and I, honestly, I did not know before I met you this evening, I did not know that you were from Ireland and Irish, all right? And, and, I, and a mutual I friend admire of ours, the research that you do for your guests. Oh, I, I do very little. I do very little. I do very, but uh, a mutual friend of ours... And now, I, I don't know if it's if it's cliche ridden because you're Irish, but I was told that you have a love for potatoes. I don't want to be a stereotype of myself. I know but, that's what I'm saying. I'm do almost, you have I'm a potato here? Is I'm there a potato here? I'm almost reluctant to bring <laughs> it up because now that I know that you're from Ireland, you know, and uh, it, it, that seems stereotypical and very cliche ridden. But I appreciate you, you not trying to put me in a box. Or I don't a, want to put you in the yeah, box. That's no, why I do love potatoes. But I understood that you love potatoes. I mean, look, my first job was a potato picker. I worked in the fields in Cork, picking potatoes out of the ground, putting them in buckets, putting them in bags. I would think that you would hate potatoes. That was the best job I ever had. To this day, that was the best job I ever you had. You had to pick them, and, and that was the... Uh, 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 I would just think that you would hate potatoes at this I point. I love potatoes. I, so the farmer used to allow us to bring home potatoes at the end of the day. So typically, people who worked on the farm would have a little carrier bag, and they'd put a few potatoes in there, and they'd bring them home. Not me. I brought a rucksack, and I filled the rucksack with potatoes so much, so heavy that I was walking, bent over double, backwards, walking out of the field. And I remember one time the farmer spotted me because he, he obviously saw the strange shape walking down the field. And he called out, he said, Chandler, what are you doing? I said, I'm taking home potatoes. He said, you can't be doing that. You can't take home that many potatoes. Well, so from that day on, the rules changed. We weren't allowed to take home that many potatoes anymore. But I used to feed the whole street with potatoes. So, so uh, do you, does a day go by where you don't have a potato? Look, the Irish always you like... live in America now. Look, we like to have a couple of potatoes in the fridge at all times. We, we get nervous if there isn't a potato in the house. And I was... Uh, fortunately, I met somebody, I met my wife, who has an equal love, if maybe not a, a greater love of question. potatoes. She loves potatoes more than I do. 
Wow, yeah. what are the odds? And so we bonded over the fact that I was willing to share my potatoes with her. She instantly knew, okay, he's, he's a keeper. So, wait, you know, I, I, I just met her briefly before the podcast, <laughs> but... And you can see me, right? I get the lights. What a remarkable woman. You met her at an Irish whiskey tasting, and she loves potatoes. I hit the jackpot, right? Yeah, it's the jackpot. Right. Yeah. You know? 100%. So when did you know it was love? The the minute I met her. (laughs) The minute I met her. That's a good answer. Yeah. But when did you know it was love? (laughs) (laughs) When she told me her love of potatoes. (laughs) I said, this this might work. (laughs) That's awesome. We kind of skipped over it a little bit earlier. I mentioned like you travel the world, and 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 I kind of agree with what you said about you know depends on uh, sometimes it is the people that you come across that make it a, a wonderful place to yeah. be. But what's been the most? Let me just say maybe not the favorite. How about the most fascinating? I mean, there's uh, working on ships. It's it's a different. It really is a different world. Like I grew up in a small town of ten thousand people, and when I, I started working on ships, I had a lot of friends obviously that I grew up with. And I, when I used to come back after my, I used to do four-month contracts. I'd work for four months, come home for two months. I'd try and tell stories to my friends about the experiences I had. But they were so different from that small little town that we grew up in that it was very hard for people to connect with examples I'd share about ship life or countries that I'd visited because it's just so alien to most people. I mean, you, you wake up every morning, you're in a different port, you're in a different city, you're in a different country. You, there's different languages being spoken. I think that to me was fascinating that I woke up every morning... I I hadn't done any work to get to the next place, but I was in the next place. Now, was it the ho- did you do that before the hotel management? Or no, after? so I, I trained in hotel management was in, it, in Ireland first? first. And then what happened was I went to a recruitment agency. I was looking for a new job, and I went to an agency looking for a hotel management position. And I went into the office. I sat down for an interview. And behind the interviewer was a photograph of a famous ship, a famous ocean liner called the Queen Elizabeth II, QE2, a, a British ocean liner. And that had come into my town, and I was fascinated by it growing up. I'd seen it come into my town. And as soon as she sat down to to interview me, the first question I asked her was, why do you have a photograph of that up on the wall? And she said, well, we happen to recruit exclusively for that ship. I said, I want to go there. And six days later, I was standing on the deck of the ship. Wow. Uh, I had never intended to work on cruise ships. I loved ships, but I didn't know that there was even a path for me to get there. But as soon as I knew that there was an option between my hotel management training and ships... I went there and I signed on for a six-month contract thinking, I'll give it six months and we'll see how it goes. Four years later, I was still there. I worked on a cruise ship as a comedian. Did you? For a month. Oh, how about that? Uh, the Big Red Boat. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which is now Disney Cruises, yeah, that's I right. think. I remember the Big Red Boat. I was on the Big Red Boat for a, a solid month. I had a wonderful time. But honestly, as, just as being the entertainment and, and being spoiled to no end... I think if I would have stayed any longer than a month, it would have been the death of me. Right. Because we had such a good time. Yeah, it's a good time. And the people were so good. I mean, I'm talking about the staff. Right, you know, right. Good people, yeah. yeah. You meet amazing people. And we had, I think we had 70 different nationalities on one of the ships I worked on, which was incredible. So, I think, you know, a fascinating life. I mean, we, we encounter just amazing situations, like in one ship, like cruising off the coast of Somalia, being attacked by pirates, you know, pirates coming up in a, in a boat with, a, sure. with RPGs and firing them at the ship. And we had... It's like Tom Hanks. Right? It's, it, I mean, amazing where we had uh, guards all around the ship with uh, sonar guns to, like, fire s- sounds at, the, at, the, at the, um, the pirates. Amazing experiences that, this, you know, this young guy from Cork wouldn't have had if he stayed in Cork. If he stayed in Cork yeah. and stayed in hotel management the whole time. Right, right. What was the most bizarre thing you had to do as a hotel manager? 
What was the biggest, what is the most bizarre situation you had to <clears throat> sit up straight, straighten your tie, and say, I got this? Well, I think the, it's a good question. I, I think, you know, working on ships in, the, in, in hotel management, in food and beverage management, I worked for a fleet of ships that were, what they called themselves, were six-star ships. And six-star means you don't say no to a request. And so before a guest comes on board, they may send in advance their list of expected foods, expected drinks, and the expectation is that I go find them. So we might get a week's notice. And so I often found myself, be it in New York or Barbados or South Africa, running around markets trying to find a niche whiskey or a specialty type of beef or a certain tin of caviar. In fact, I remember being in New York one time and there were four other ships in New York that had nothing to do with my ship, different companies, and I would go to those ships to find out did they have a certain type of caviar and could I buy it from them? And they completely understood why I was doing this because they had guests that were like that so that I wouldn't let the guests down. Wow. So amazing experiences like that or where, for example, we would serve guests in the waters in the Caribbean caviar, well, we did a, an experience called Caviar in the Surf, where we'd have the guests come out up to their waist, and we'd put a surfboard there with a tin, a four-pound tin of caviar, champagne, and then serve them caviar with toast, you know, up to their waist in the, Vir Brit you know, the British, Virg British Virgin Islands. Those were amazing experiences that this young so, kid from Cork would never have Once again, I, I, you know, I, I keep bringing it right back to, to where you are now with your company. I mean, obviously, uh, money... Money can buy that, that type of service. Money can buy that type of power. Uh, and, and, and while you're doing this on a ship, serving other people, in the back of your mind, are you, are you thinking that someday I want to be that wealthy, that powerful? Or, you know, it's kind of wrong in a way, and this isn't, this isn't the way it should be all the time. You, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. your company, StoryForge takes a whole different approach to how a company should represent itself. And conscious capitalism goes back to being making money in a nice way, which right. goes against the grain. So I'm wondering if any of these experiences in hotel management when you were in Cork on the boat... Picking potatoes. Did, uh, picking potatoes. Did they, did they, did they, did they plant a, a, a seed question. of some sort? It's a great question, and, and, and to be honest, it, it never occurred to me that money, money bought you anything. It never occurred to me that I wanted that money or I should, I, someday maybe I'll have this. What was really interesting, there, there was a pivotal moment in my career when I was training in hotel management. I worked in this five-star hotel in Ireland. It was a castle hotel where I was training to be the hotel manager. I was a trainee manager, and I remember going to get my hair cut in a barber shop in that town. And the barber asked me where I worked, and I told him the name of the hotel. And he just kept cutting my hair. And after about two minutes, he said, you know, you'll never settle for less than that again. And I said, what do you mean by that? Well, he said, well, you've seen standards of how things are done that you'll never be happy with anything less. And it didn't stick with me at the time. But what I realized now he meant was that it doesn't matter whether you're running a hotel, whether you're running a farm, whether you're building a business, whether you're on your own, uh, trying to make your way in life. There's a good way to do things and there's a bad way to do things the best way to do things is what we should aspire to do. It doesn't matter if that's expensive or if it's cheap, and it doesn't have to be expensive. We can find pride in any, in any job we do, in any work we have, and that's what all of my, my work has taught me, is that there is pride to be found in being the best 
possible version of yourself in that role. And those ships and those hotels that were five-star or six-star were nothing more than the best version of themselves. It didn't matter how much it cost. That mattered to those people. And it didn't matter that whether you did have money or you don't have money, those same principles apply. Can you be the best version of the thing you're doing, whether you're tilling the field in the morning, whether you're delivering newspapers? How do you make sure that you're not letting yourself be less than what you could be in that role? Well, I think that's a perfect way to wrap it up, man. That's a great, that's a great, great story and a great message to close things out with. Uh, we've had a lot of fun. Uh, our guest has been Barry Chandler, the whiskey, Patty, Irish whiskey. And um, my, my producer is holding up his finger. Well, I just want to remind people that we have a newly formed Instagram account. We're big time now on the social media. So you can follow would us. That be, at, would that be a smart thing for us to get on Instagram? Yeah, to I think so. let people know how they can find you. Absolutely, yeah. social Instagram, media, Twitter, well, Facebook. Find us on Instagram at Whiskey Business Podcast. You can find us on Facebook as well. Um, of course, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts. Rate and review us. Hopefully positively. Yes, that's what we always we also want people to review us because Re- that's how you, we get the word out. Can you rate us six stars? I don't think you can rate six stars on iTunes, but. I'm going to aspire we'll try that. We'll try I'll never say no to a listener. <laughs> Our guest has been Barry Chandler. Uh, you can find his company at storyforge.co, C-O, and check out uh, the very interesting way that they approach how a business should uh, proceed, as they can, if they, if, whether they're new or whether they've hit the ceiling as far as they can go. And also, uh, if anybody wanted to be a member of Conscious Capitalism, how would they do that? They can go to columbus.consciouscapitalism.org and they can see our events, they can sign up for our mailing list and they can find information about how to participate. You've been a great guest. It's been a well, very well-rounded evening of some fun, some great stories, and I think some very uh, interesting insights. Thanks for having uh, me. As to how we, uh, I hope you had a good time. Tremendous time. You know, Tremendous and time. we can still have more whiskey <laughs> <laughs> before it's all said and it. done. Let me say what I always say to wrap things up. Whiskey business is a Never the Luck production. Um, All the opinions stated in tonight's podcast and questions are those from me, your host, and my sometimes but not always reluctant guest tonight. Not a reluctant guest at the least. My thanks to my producer, Greg Hansberry. My thanks to Scioto Downs and Brew Brothers. Thank you, Brew Brothers. As always, we're going to get on out of here, and I'll say what I always say. Until the next bottle, see ya. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.